Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Baseball is back. How excited are you for a new season? Will this be the year the Pirates finally turn the corner in the rebuild? What will the opening day lineup look like for the Buccos tomorrow? Jason Mackey from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette will join us on the line from Cincinnati with the latest. How many games will the Buccos win this year? Which team will be celebrating in October? We'll make our predictions and take a look around the rest of the league. I'm Dave Herzing. I'm Bob Anderson. And I'm Dave Glass. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go Under Review on Connect FM, your only local news radio. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Wednesday, right before Pirate Seasons, the Pirate Seasons begin. And uh, what are you guys most excited for as the new season begins? And do you have any rituals or traditions you follow? Well, I have a great tradition, and I'm glad you asked that because I, I didn't know. If and I knew this. this, but go ahead. <laughs> I uh, every opening day, no matter when it is or what time of the day it is, I go and I watch opening the opening Pirates game with my grandfather. He's 91 years old. We've done this every year as long as as, I, as long as they've been at PNC Park since I moved back to Pennsylvania. So. I'm really excited about that. I have to be honest. And uh, whatever happens tomorrow, that that's definitely the highlight of my day. Yeah, my opening day tradition is going to opening day, uh, not opening day for the Pirates in Cincinnati, actually at PNC Park um, with my father or family and friends. So we're doing it again this year. We've taken a couple years off, obviously the COVID year, a couple reasons why I couldn't go the past couple years, but this year I'm very excited to get back down there. And I might see you at that game because I think we're planning on going as well. Uh, that'll be my first ever opening day at PNC Park. That's next Friday. But we got a little ways to go till they get back home. Um, you know, start of the season, it's like if you're having a bad round of golf and, and you put the clubs away for the round and you say, boy, I'm just glad that round's over. That's the way it felt like last year with the Pirates. And the year before. And the year before. It's been that way for a while. It's a start. It's like you're teeing off on the first hole. You got that optimism and hope that, you know, this is going to be different this time. Well, it, it, and, and I joke with my wife about this because she, you know, I watch all these games almost every night. And then when they're bad, like they were last year and the year before, I say, well, I, you know, I'll never divorce the Pirates, but we have to set, we're going to have to separate for a little while. And that the last two years has been in August or so. It's like, all right, I just can't take any more of this. And I just stop paying attention on a daily basis. And I have some hope, some hope that this is a season where I'll be interested the whole way through. I don't, I, I, last year I said I didn't care about wins and losses so much as much as development. I still feel that way, but now there's actually some players there to get excited about their development and we'll get into that, but yeah. Well, and also as a fan going to the opening day, there's a lot of improvements to PNC Park, things to look forward to. The one thing the Pirates do very well, it hasn't been playing baseball lately, is keep you coming back to the ballpark. They are masters at the the promotion. It's it's almost like they've taken the minor league model and just amplified it by a million. There's there's always something going on there. There's always something interesting to see. I mean, they made massive improvements to the park as a whole as far as food choices. There's a new scoreboard. So there's a lot of things to be excited about as a Pirate fan. Let's hope baseball can be one of them again. Yeah, there's nothing that compares to a, a nice summer night at the ballpark. You know, even if they're not playing well, just walking around and you know, it's just fun to be there. But I do think, like Dave said, we do have some things to be optimistic about this year. 
Uh, this, this team to me feels like it did maybe a little bit like 10 years ago or so, right before they started to get good. And I don't expect them to have a winning record this year. We'll get into the predictions here in a little bit. But I think this is sort of the building block year and maybe into next year. I really think they're on the cusp of something good here. Well, I think that certainly they think that. And and I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to be you know cautiously optimistic. But I will say there are several players that I think this is make or break for them. And, and I don't know how much you want to get into this now. But I look at uh, Key Brian Hayes. Great defender, but the bat really, really went downhill last year. I mean, if he's going to become his, – his defense will keep him in the lineup, but if he's going to become a true star player, he's going to have to regain that offensive form. Mitch Keller, I've been hearing about Mitch Keller's potential for five years, and I'm past it. I'm show me. Okay, I don't want to hear about, oh, he's got this pitch, he's got that. You know, and after the All-Star break last year, he was pretty good. I'll give him that. Spring training, and and I hate talking about spring training because everybody's go, oh, they're in the best shape of their lives. Tomorrow's when it matters. I don't care what happened in, in March. If Mitch Keller can build on what he did at the end of last year, I mean, there you go, Contreras. Contreras is young. If he if he has a stumbling block this year, it's not such a big deal. But really for Keller and Hayes, it's put-up-or-shut-up time, I think. Yeah, and I know Greg Brown mentioned this last week, and talking to some Pirates fans in the area as well, some listeners you'd see at local places, there's a lot of a lot more optimism this year than there has been in years past. I think Pirates fans are intelligent people. Uh, Pittsburgh's a really good baseball town, and I think some of these younger players you're going to start to see develop into you know bigger time prospects than what a lot of people might give them credit for. Nice stat about Mitch Keller, by the way, he's actually going to be the second youngest opening day starter behind Garrett Cole. So just a fun little fact oh, that's there. Interesting. Yeah, he's 26 years and 360 days and Garrett Cole was 26 years and 207 days. But, and that's a cool stat. It is, but I do have to say at 26 and a half, roughly it's time. It's time. I mean, that's, that's getting up. I mean, yeah. If you're going to truly be break out, it, it really does have to happen. Uh, and I, I do want to also hit on, and you talked about PNC Park, and before we let that alone, we might have a team that struggled, but I, I'll take our park with anyone, and I've seen a lot of them. And PNC is just an absolute gem. And when they had a team to match in the 13, 14, 15, I mean, you saw the people came out. It was incredible. I mean, the, it was the incredible. fans will show up when management respects the fans. And I do like that Sherrington is talking like he expects more. I don't like it when team leadership sort of downplays everything and, oh, we're not trying to, you know, blah, blah, blah. This year he's like, look, it's time to get better. And that's what I think a GM should be saying. And, and I think that it's time for more accountability. Well, one of the things that I'm uh, looking forward to this year is the fact that the game's going to look different. And we have touched a little bit on the rules, but Dave, you weren't here the night we did, and Greg Brown didn't give us a whole lot of uh, downtime here to, to, to weigh in. But we got the pitch clock, we got the bigger bases, we got the, you know, the shift ban, and then we have, uh, I, I didn't even realize this, pitchers are limited to two pickoff attempts per, per at-bat. So I think it'll speed the game up and make it a little more enjoyable. Well, I think, first of all, I think I, I was on record last week. I'm, on, I'm for all this because when you look, and we talked a little bit about this too. When you look at other sports, they try to stay ahead of it. They figure out how, what kind of entertainment product do I want? And they will tailor the rules to that. Baseball's always been kind of the other way around. They're always like, oh, our game is sacred. Don't mess with it. But you know what? It's time. You, you tried to trust the players and say, oh, we don't have a clock. Well, they kept take, dragging their feet and dragging their feet and dragging their feet. And they brought this on themselves. 
And, uh, you know, because at some point you just stand there and when it's to the point where I can hit the 30 second button and the, and the guy's still doing the thing with his, his gloves and you know, the pitcher still isn't on the mound yet. It's like, come on guys. So I, I said, I was to minor league games. It was a much better product. Everybody who's watched spring training I've talked to, and I don't watch spring training games. I just don't. But people who have said, wow, you can see the difference and it's so much crisper and it's so much shorter and it's so much better. I think we're going to hear a lot more of that this week. And just remember what Greg Brown said last week. He said it's the biggest role change since the three-point line. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. And there, there's no doubt about that. I, and again, he mentioned this as well. A number of columnists uh, over the past couple of weeks have written about this. Teams like the Pirates, this is going to benefit. They don't have massive bats in, in their lineup. Small They're, ball. It's small ball. And a team like the Pirates are, are definitely going to have to rely on small ball to win some games. That's what's going to put them over that 70 win hump. We'll get to predictions here in a minute. But I think these rules changes are going to be very beneficial for them. And that's a great point because I think one of the things Major League Baseball wanted to do was was make it so there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, it used to be, okay, you'd have a thumping team like the Yankees or you'd have a team that stole 300 bases like the 80s Cardinals. And you could go to a game and you'd see a different style from all these different teams, you know, and and, uh, Houston would have pitching, 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 pitching back in the 80s. Yes. Now everybody's doing the same thing. It's launch angle. It's, you know, you know, take and rake and, and let's have, you know, seven guys out of the bullpen and throw a hundred. We're still going to have that, but they are trying to make it so there are different styles that can win. And I think that's nothing but good for the game. And it's good for teams. Like, as you say, Pittsburgh's never going to go out and have a $200 million payroll. It will be nice if we can bring some speed back to the game. Well, we got about a minute here left in this segment, but is there a player that you guys are most looking forward to watching this year? I got to go with O'Neill Cruz. I I think there's, and and one of my favorite authors, Joe Sheehan, said this, there's probably no player in baseball with wider bars between what's possible good and what's possible bad in this coming season. Most players, you know, like your established stars, you know they're going to be somewhere in in a defined range if they don't get hurt. Cruz could hit 280 with 45 homers, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Cruz could hit 195 with 210 strikeouts, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can see that too. And do you know the last Pirate player that hit 40 home runs in a season? Uh, Willie Stargell? You're right. Absolutely. (laughs) So that would be rare error here. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to watch Brian Reynolds because people forget Reynolds had one really great year. He wasn't that great last year. He, he just wasn't. He was a pedestrian baseball player, and he's wanting all this big money. This is a make-or-break thing. Now, obviously, if the Pirates ship him off and he, he's playing really well, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But if he plays like he did last year and they ship him off, I don't think it's that big of a loss. So it'll be interesting to see and also to see what – what kind of effort he puts forth and everything else. You know, sometimes when players are mentally checked out, you can kind of you know see it with the performance on the field. He is betting on himself. Yeah, that is true. Well, uh, Jason Mackey might be able to shed a little bit of light on that. There was talk that maybe they were going to reach a deal, potentially even today with Brian Reynolds. There's been Ooh, rumors. Maybe breaking news. Ooh. We'll see if Jason Mackey has anything. So stay with us as we continue Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. We're doing our annual spring cleaning, and my hubby has boxes and boxes of old baseball cards. Take them to Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles. My dad passed, and he was an avid baseball and football card collector. 
I have no clue what they're worth. Wolfstead Sports Cards and Collectibles does. They buy, sell, and trade cards and collectibles and are especially interested in older cards. Bring them in Mondays and Fridays from 5 till 8 or by appointment. 814-771-5618. Main Street, Reynoldsville and Wolfstead Sports 21 on Facebook. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. The only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-631-8191. 800-631-8191. That's 800-631-8191. In olden times, the paper boy would deliver the newspaper every morning. Now, if you still get one, the newspaper might come in the mail. Yesterday's news today, or tomorrow, the way the mail has been lately, Tri-County Insider brings you local news from Jefferson, Clearfield, and Elk Counties every weekday at noon, like clockwork. Local news from local people. You can subscribe at tricountyinsider.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. I was kind of joking when I said Jason Mackey might be breaking news, and uh, we tried to get in touch with him. We we went straight to his voicemail, so we're going to try him here in a little bit. So stay with us with Jason, but we're just going to switch around a little bit with the, the show. But Dave Glass says he has his own breaking news. I do news have a little here. bit of breaking news, and, and bear with me. I'm, I'm here doing this show. My, my uh, stepson is playing over at Stern Field, and I got a text from my wife that he got his first hit of the year in JV. So right. breaking news for Jeremiah Mundy. Thank you. Congratulations. Congrats. Good stuff. All right. So we wanted to do a little time capsule here. The nice thing about this show is everything's recorded. We can look back at this and say, boy, were we right? Or boy, were we, we, we were really wrong here. So we're going to do a few predictions on the upcoming season and we'll go around the major leagues a little bit, but we'll start with the pirates here. We got to start with the obvious. What do you guys think for record, uh, for the pirates record this season? How many wins are they going to have? Uh, I'm going to say 73. I, I have it written down right here. 73 wins. Oh, well. 73 and 89. So cons- I, I'm consensus. being very optimistic. You know, the funny thing is I feel like I'm usually the optimist. I went to 70, and I have it written down here too, fellas. But I went to 70. I say that's a 10-win improvement from last year. I don't want to get, you know, too far ahead of the game. And learning, you know, with the betting world, it's always better to bet the under, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm going seven and seventy and ninety-two. Um, how about well, can we defend? Let, let's yeah, defend these picks a go little ahead. bit. I, I think part of the reason I'm so optimistic is because I'm really pessimistic about this division. Other than St. Louis, although I, the, when we talk about the rules a little more, I do have concerns about 
St. Louis is losing Molina and these rule changes with the bases. You're talking about a team that has completely shut the running game down for basically two decades, and now they don't have Molina anymore. I think teams are going to run on St. Louis, and I think it's going to really change the way their pitching staff works. Milwaukee is all pitching and no hitting. Chicago, I don't know what Chicago's doing. They're sort of in that middle ground. Spending where, money. Where they're spending money, but they're not really getting, I didn't think, a lot of value. And Cincinnati is pretty clearly tearing it down. So when I look at all that, and Pittsburgh has this really good crop of prospects coming, plus these young players are developing, they have a chance to make that big leap. Now, I'm not saying a 500 leap or anything crazy, but I don't think it's asking too much for them to get into the, you know, to lose less than 90 games. So what's exciting is like, you'd mentioned this earlier in the show, Bob, about this team. It, it, there's kind of a feeling surrounding them. You, you, the beat writers t- are talking about it. The fans who've attended the spring training games, this team kind of like wants to believe in itself. It's like, you know, when you, you we're March madness, we're in the midst of it right now. And it, it's a team that doesn't even realize they shouldn't be there. Right. Well, that's kind of what my gut is telling me about the Pirates this year, being very optimistic about them. They're a kind of team I think that, you know, if they get hot and they're, they, their pitching can do a little better than last year, um, close out some games, you know, 73 wins is very possible. Um, there's no way they're going to be any worse than they were last year. That's just not – that was bad baseball last year. If they are, they'll tear the whole thing. I mean, the front office will probably get fired if they lose 100 yeah. again. Well, um, I, I went to 70. I, I would have liked to have been a little more optimistic, but then I think of the pitching staff. I, I think there's a lot of unproven arms there. Mitch Keller, he hasn't done it for a long period of time. Contreras is young. JT Brubaker's already hurt. Uh, Rich Hill is over the hill. Uh, like you know, signing at all. And, and the bullpen, you know, can you even name two players in the bullpen besides can name Bednar? one Bednar. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean. And how many opportunities is he? I mean, really going to close that's the problem i mean you have an arm like that i mean he's he's an elite closer but closers are come and go yeah it's it's the weirdest position in all of major league baseball these guys are other than some of the greats obviously but a lot of these guys are flashes in the pan yeah relievers in baseball are like running backs in football i wouldn't spend a lot of capital on them because you can always find one all right brian reynolds will he finish the season with the pirates I'm going to say yes. I I just think that the Pirates are in this mode where they're really trying to gain trust with the public and their fans. You know, they're talking big about, you know, how we're going to get better. If they turn around, if he's having a bit, especially if he's having a big year, if he's having a big year and they turn around and trade him in the middle of that, that's going to really cause a lot of people to lose heart. And I think it's going to cause the the guys on that team are like, wait a minute, I thought you believed in us. Here's this guy who's, let's say he's hitting 305 and he's got 20 homers in, in July and you're going to trade him rather than you're telling us we're going to be there in a year or two. We want this guy with us. So unless it's one of those Godfather, you know, offer you can't refuse deals, I, oh man, I would have trouble with that. Uh, I'd like to say yes. Uh, just knowing the Pirates, I don't believe so. But the way their outfield looks this year, it's a mess. Uh, Greg Brown touched on it. Uh, some other columnists have touched on it as well. I guess it's their weak point by far. And to, you know, to lose him, ugh, I don't know. But I again, just being, I'm optimistic for the wins. I just don't believe in the management spending the type of money that they're going to need, especially if Reynolds is having the type of year he had a couple years ago. And I'm with you, D. I think that they will trade him at the deadline this year. Um, they just seem to be too far apart money-wise. The other thing is, he's, what, 28 years old now? Yeah. By the time they're ready to compete, is he going to be a little bit past his prime? Well, I'm not saying I'd sign him to a 10-year deal, but I just, I wouldn't, 
I'd have a hard time trading. But I can't believe I'm high man on on the Pirates <laughs> management Optimus. here. Wow. I <laughs> I haven't been in that position in a long time. I'm kind of not sure what to make of that. All right, O'Neill Cruz, over or under 29 and a half home runs this season? Man, man, that's a good line. That's right about, ugh. I'm going to say over because I, when he's on, he hits balls that no other people don't hit. I say over. Uh, it, 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 they always say they get the book on these guys. Well, he's got the book on the pitchers too. I mean, he's had another year to develop. The guy's just an otherworldly talent. I say over. I say 33 home runs. That, that, that's fair. That, just don't ask me about the batting average. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll go over too because I don't want to be a total pessimist here. <laughs> but I, he's the guy that you can't help but be excited about this year. I mean, his his talent is just immense. If you had a most exciting player award, he could he could win that because he you just can't take your eyes off him, whether he's in the field or batting or running. Wait, do you think he'll be the team's MVP this year? No. Okay, who do you think will be? <clears throat> oh, Mitch man. Keller. You know, I, I would love to say Mitch Keller. I mean, I, I've been – so rooting for that kid, but I, I honestly I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Reynolds because I th- I I'm the guy who thinks he's gonna stay. I think he's gonna have a year that's too good for them to justify getting rid of him. I think he bet on himself. Look, th- them trading him in the off season or next year, that uh, no bet on that. But trading him mid year if he's having a good year, so I'm gonna say it's him. I actually say Cruz. I, Bob, you're onto something. I think the, the stolen bases are, are gonna help a guy like him. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him be 30-30. How, how exciting would that be as a fan to watch a 30-30 player in Pittsburgh again? It, it would be – I mean, I, I, so I'm, I'm just selfishly wanting him to be the MVP because he's so much fun to watch. Sure. Who will win the NL Central, the Cardinals? I, uh, you Cardinals. Can't, I don't know how you could Cardinals. pick the Cardinals. Okay. Um, let's go around the league then. How about the NL East? What can you tell me about it? I, I really like what the Braves are doing. I mean, there's a team that drafts really, really well. They always seem to sign their young players to below market contracts. They, they keep almost everybody they want to keep. Um, the Mets, I mean, there's been a lot of motion there. You know, they've lost some players. They spend more money than they, you know, anybody. But, you know, their, their closer got hurt in the WBC. He's, he's done, I think. So I, I still think it's the Braves and then the Mets. I would until if the Phillies lost Hoskins the other day, I thought they'd be right there. But that that really hurts them. And you know, with Harper being out half the year, and then after that, you know, the the Nats are way down there. And I, if you can figure out the Marlins, you tell me. Yeah, I say the Braves. The Braves are just one of those. They're like the Cardinals. They're always there. They're they're a well-run franchise. I mean, a friend of mine has been a Braves fan for years, and I mean, it's just an abundance of riches when you root for the Atlanta Braves. So I, I say the Braves. Spoiler alert: They're my World Series predicting. I, I predict them to win the championship. That's a really solid pick, Bob. Well, just good pitching from what I'm reading, and pitching wins in October, right? Oh, yeah. um, it certainly helps. How about the rest of the NL? Anything well, it, you know, the West. Yeah. I'm I'm saying the Padres. They this is another team that's kind of the the, the Mets West. They they just keep buying talent and buying talent and buying talent. And this time, you know, L.A. lost Trey Turner, and and they, they lost both Turners. But I, Justin's really old. But losing Trey Turner at some point, you just don't have the depth to deal with that. You know, they've had a lot of pitching turnover. You know, the whole thing with Trevor Bauer. They were right to release him, but they're they're not as deep as they were. And then after that, it, it's hard. I think no, none of the other three teams are really worth. I mean, Arizona's coming. I think Arizona is kind of like the Pirates, but they're not there yet. Yeah, I'm actually rooting against the Padres for the simple <laughs> fact that they are the most uneducated baseball fans that there are. You want to talk about the definition of a bandwagon fan? My brother and I have been out to San Diego a lot. It's right? a beautiful park, though. It, yes, it is. And those fans 
know nothing mm. about baseball. Now, all of a sudden, when they start winning, you know, it's Padres Nation. Get hashtag get lost to oh, the Padres. It's not fans. time for get lost. Yeah, Wait a they're they're a very that's a very annoying <laughs> fan base. So I I'm rooting for the Dodgers, which I can't believe I'm saying that, but uh, yeah. So I I'm rooting for the Dodgers. Well, the one thing about the Padres, it goes to show you what a mid market team can do if they're willing to spend money. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yep. All right, let's go to the AL. We got to make this quick. So just give me your general thoughts on the AL. Well, the, the, the East is loaded. I mean, absolutely loaded. My my Red Sox are going to be the worst, I think. Y- Yankees and Blue Jays. I like the Blue Jays, but it's going to be really close. And then, you know, Tampa's always right there. Um, and I'll go, I'll just go real quick. In the Central, it, it's kind of flip a coin. I, I think it's probably still Chicago or Cleveland. Um, Minnesota, I think, just doesn't quite have enough. And then in the West, I really, really like um, – what what uh, they finally are trying to f- figure out how to put a team around um, Otani and Trout, mm-hmm. and I like the Angels. I think Houston's on the downside. You know they had that wonderful peak. I think they're going to be right there, but I think they're going to finish second. Seattle, and then everybody else is bad. Yeah, I, I mean the Astros could have ruined baseball, so I'm obviously rooting against. Them. I'm <laughs> not trying to be a hater. They're just baseball's frustrating as a fan because you know you see these teams that win year after year after year and they spend. So I, it's, I think it's the Astros, obviously in the West, uh, the East. I'd love to see the Yankees. They haven't won a pennant in. I, well, I forget how many years. It's been well over a decade since they've won a pennant. I know you're a Red Sox fan, but <laughs> it, it's good for baseball when the Yankees are winning. I think they're obviously they're the gold star franchise in major league baseball uh i'm rooting for the guardians though I'm, go guardians there you go uh all right so real quick your world series predictions i gave you the braves what do you guys got it's it's so hard this is this is going to look silly in the end um oh man i, I am going to go with toronto i've been on board with toronto for a while i'm going to say toronto in the al i'm I, I have to take the braves in the nl uh but i'm going to go with toronto to win it all I'm saying uh, Pirates versus A's. And- oh, <laughs> wait a minute, go. wait a minute. <laughs> no, no. Uh, honestly, as much as I don't want to say it, I-, I think the Padres will be there in the NL, and I think Houston will be there in the AL. Wow. Well, I- well I'll be rooting against Houston. They're like the Patriots of the uh, we're going to have a whole discussion today. about this in another. And I, I don't like either team. I, I, but it's just they're just they're just really good teams. All right, well, we got the local sports beat coming up, and then we're going to try to get Jason Mackey on the line with us here on Connect FM under review. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Mainly clear tonight with a mixture of precipitation likely. Lows dip down to about 23. Northwest winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Mainly sunny skies again tomorrow. Daytime highs approaching 45. Overcast skies tomorrow night. Lows level off around 31. A dusting of snow tonight. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 47. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports, you love extreme sports, or you work in hazardous construction zones, you need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Come and strive to boys and at mywiseeyes.com. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I I just want to tell him it's not your fault. 
there are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now. 800-324-1524. 800-324-1524. That's 800-324-1524. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. I'm Dan Kennard, and it's time for this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat. Sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. The spring sports schedule is underway in District 9, although the weather can uh, sometimes play a little bit of havoc with the schedule. But here's what we've got so far over the past week. We're going to back it up to last Wednesday, March the 22nd. A couple of baseball games were put in the books. Phillipsburg, Osceola down Dubois 21-7 in that game for the Beavers. Tyler Chamberlain did go 3-3. Three for three. And the Punxsutawney Chucks upended St. Mary's 7-2. In softball action, it was Phillipsburg, Osceola over Dubois 19-9 nine and five innings. Dubois did have an early 7-0 lead in that game, and St. Mary's slipped past Punxsutawney by a 2-1 score. Checking baseball action from Thursday, March the 23rd, Indiana got past Dubois Central Catholic 10-7. It took extra innings, though, for that win. And uh, in baseball on Friday, March 24th, Central Mountain got past Dubois in a big way, 14-1, while Punxsutawney beat up on Clarion 13-5. Some softball scores from Friday, Dubois Central Catholic blanked Elk County Catholic 9-0. Then on Monday in baseball action, Belfont with a 13-2 win over Clearfield, that one going just five innings. Belfont was able to put five runs across in the fourth. They also scored six runs in the fifth inning. And there was some tennis played on Monday, and in that one, Holidaysburg blanked Dubois 7-0. Moving on to some baseball action on yesterday, Tuesday, March 28th. Elk County Catholic, a 6-2 winner over Kane. Also on the baseball diamond, Glendale took care of Kerwinsville 12-2. Several softball games were played yesterday. Dubois, a 10-6 winner over Johnsonburg. Dubois, the Lady Beavers, actually down 6-0 in that game, coming back to win it. And uh, in a very tight one, Dubois Central Catholic slipped past Punxsutawney 6-5. Dubois Central Catholic tallying 5 in the bottom of the third inning. Belfont was a 10-3 winner over Clearfield. Elk County Catholic downed Kane 15-1 in five innings. And it was Glendale with a 2-1 win over Kerwinsville. On the schedule for today in baseball action, Indiana is scheduled to play at Dubois. Cameron County will be at Brockway, St. Mary's at Warren. On the softball schedule today, Elk County Catholic set to take on the Lady Rovers at Brockway. And Punxsutawney's Lady Chucks will be visiting the Lady Raiders at Brookville. Now turning to District 9 basketball, the Clarion County YMCA YLD Sports Network All-Star Games are coming up this Sunday. They'll be played at the Clarion County YMCA. The girls game will be at 2 p.m. The boys game at 345. Scheduled to be on the girls roster, Madeline Schmader of Brockway. 
Gray, Riley Ryan of Clearfield, Madison Rasnika of Dubois, Faith Jacob of Dubois Central Catholic, Chloe Presloyd of Punxsutawney, and Izzy Catalone of St. Mary's. On the boys' squad, it will be Brookville's Clayton Cook as the captain, Cole Miller of Clearfield, also Brendan Paisley, Dubois Central Catholic, another Dubois Central Catholic Cardinal, Luke Swisher, Adam Straub of Elk County Catholic, Aaron Sorg of Ridgeway, and Tanner Fox of St. Mary's. In some track and field news, congratulations to the St. Mary's girls 4x800-meter indoor relay team. The four girls participated in the 2023 Adidas Track Nationals in Virginia Beach, Virginia. The Lady Dutch squad of Christina Franz, Lucia Hayes, Gabby Pisner, and Mary DeFilippi took fifth place in the National Elite section, and the team broke its own school record. That event was held at the Virginia Beach Sports Center. And in some wrestling news, congratulations to nine-year-old Marley Dixon of Dubois. A student at Dubois Central Catholic, Marley has been active in wrestling for over two years. Two weekends ago, she wrestled at the Keystone State Wrestling Championships at IUP. In the eight and under 55-pound bracket, Marley scored two to nothing and seven to nothing wins. And then she won a close championship bout seven to six in overtime to win the title there. And then last weekend, on her final day of being an eight-year-old, Marley Dixon won the gold medal at the Pennsylvania Junior Wrestling Youth State Championships in Pittsburgh. Marley won the 57-pound bracket in the eight and under girls tournament. She received a bye into the quarterfinals round, and then she recorded three victories with a pin, a 6-3 decision, and a 4-0 decision on her way to the gold medal. Congratulations, Marley. And that's this week's Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. I'm Dan Kettard. Have a great day. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. We're excited to have connected with Jason Mackey from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jason, you're back from Florida, up in Cincinnati. How are you, and uh, how excited are you for baseball season? Red light, red light, red light. Jason, sorry, I uh, forgot to hit the red light here. How are you, Jason, and, and are you excited for the season to get underway? I am very excited. I'm doing well. I'm in Cincinnati right now, and yes, I cannot wait. Um, not that I don't love spring training, I do, but I think we all reach an expiration date. I've reached it, and I'm ready to see some real baseball. Awesome. Do you have any uh, breaking news for us on Brian Reynolds? And if not, can you tell us anything about the lineup for tomorrow? Yeah, uh, no breaking news at this point. Um, you know, I, I do know that there have been discussions back and forth. I don't think that's shocking to anybody. I, I do, um, I know, or, or my sense, my feeling, whatever, that uh, they do want to try to get something done. We'll see if they do. I don't know if it lands in, in the right place. I, I think there's enough runway for a deal to get done. Um, as far as the lineup tomorrow, I expect uh, Reynolds to be in left. Derek Shelton said that. Um, Andrew McCutcheon is probably going to DH. I think they're going to kind of slow play his outfield usage at the beginning of the year. Jack Sawinski in center. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Rodolfo Castro is going to get first wraps at second base, but I expect them to rotate that spot quite a bit. Carlos Santana has been the better 
first baseman so far. I would expect them to go that route. Um, Brian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, Austin Hedges, uh, that, that about covers it. Well, we're really looking forward to that getting started. Um, first of all, I'll, I'll caveat this by saying I, I don't believe much in what you see in spring training as, as being gospel. I think, and you would agree, that a lot of it, is, you know, the stats don't really mean as much as you might think. But I think you can see trends. And Greg Brown last week we had on was really, really critical of their outfield defense down there. Uh, is that Would you agree with that? And do you think that's going to be a problem as they start the season? Well, they did not start out very well in the outfield. Um, I will say that. And, and, you know, in their defense, over the past probably three weeks, it's gotten a lot better. Um, it's very different playing outfield in Florida versus playing the outfield, what they'll see here or in Boston or in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I'm not making excuses for it. It's certainly been more than, you know, just losing balls in the sun or stuff like that. But um, I do think they're sort of two different animals. I think there's a little bit of an adjustment that occurred with. Brian Reynolds moving to left, Jack Sawinski being in center, some of the issues that we saw, not necessarily those guys being able to play those positions, but those guys communicating the right way, getting the correct reads off of balls, and that was complicated by being in Florida. So I don't anticipate it being an issue once the season starts, but I would agree that the beginning of spring training was not very good. Is there anybody who you've seen who you down there who made the roster who you really think you know is, is primed for a real breakout year? Well, I mean, he didn't have any, you know, there was no doubt whether he was going to make the roster. But O'Neill Cruz, I think, is somebody that I look at, and I think he can have an absolute huge year, a big breakout. I think a lot of the league will end up talking about him. Um, but if you go off the radar a little bit, Kanan Smith and Jigbo was outstanding in spring training. And, you know, I, I think he has really positioned himself well for some playing time and uh, gets him at bat. So I'm looking for something out of him. I wish I was a little bit more encouraged by Castro or Bay not to say that I'm down on them, but you know they had a pretty quiet spring together, and I think they would have liked to have seen one of those guys win a starting job. Um, I think the bullpen's going to be better as a group, not necessarily any individual, although Dwayne Underwood Jr. looked pretty good in spring training. I'm curious to see what he will do. Um, and Mitch Keller has looked outstanding. I mean, he had kind of his breakout last year, but I think this is the year he can kind of push himself into the front of that rotation. Well, that's the question I was going to ask you. I mean, to me, we've talked about it before you came on, and we sort of all agree that it's kind of make or break for Keller. I mean, he's shown these flashes. He did kind of put it together at the end of last year. But I take it, you, you, do you agree that it really is a make or break year for him? No, I don't think it's a make or break year. Um, I, I, I guess if it goes really poorly, you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Um, but I, I don't think if he struggles like they're suddenly going to cast him aside um, I also don't expect him to struggle I think it's an important year for him certainly um, you know I think he showed glimpses of what he could be and pro- probably more than a glimpse honestly I mean for 22 starts of the season he had a sub four ERA and you know I think over his like last 10 starts he was one of the 15 best pitchers in baseball and yeah down the stretch he, he was great again. yeah yeah, you know, uh, I was listening to a podcast after Greg Brown was on our show last week, and he had talked with the gentleman that was interviewing him about the lack of leadership last year for the Pirates. He had mentioned a funny story about how he went into the clubhouse, and there was 
I forget the player's name, playing music uh, that he didn't recognize, and one of the older players told him to turn it off or something, and he said, nah, you know, there, basically he said there was no order to things, there was no order of things as there usually is in a Major League Baseball clubhouse. That being said, who's going to take the reins for leadership this year for the Pirates? Yeah, we've seen some guys do that already, and I don't know specifically about what Brownie's talking about, nor, nor what I doubt. Greg Brown either. He's the best. But, um, you know, they were a really young team, and they lacked guidance. Um, they lacked tone setters, and that's been so different during spring training, whether it's the pitching staff with Rich Hill or, you know, Austin Hedges has been really good for this group as well, the catchers and guiding pitchers as well. Um, they've set a tone for what a major league clubhouse should be like. There's some younger Latin players that, you know, I mentioned O'Neill Cruz, Rodolfo Castro, that uh, Carlos Santana's really taken under his wing and is looking after those guys. So they've sort of identified guys at all these different spots, and they've added them, and, and I think they've had a pretty good impact. But, yeah, I've seen this clubhouse grow up quite a bit over spring, and, you know, it's still not, um, you know, a veteran club by any stretch, but they've definitely added some adults in the room that have been important. Uh, a little off the beaten path for the Pirates, but uh, just a regular question here about baseball. How have you... Uh... What have you thought of the new role changes? How has it affected the spring ball? And, and do, you, do you like the changes, Jason? I love the changes to tackle the second part of that first. I think I was, I was on a podcast with Brownie a little bit ago, and, and we were talking about the pitch clock being the single biggest rule change in sports since the three-point line in basketball. And I think so highly of the pitch clock. I think they should have done it years ago. I think we saw that in spring. Um, these games really moved along nicely. I loved what I saw from that, and I just I can't wait to see how it plays in the regular season. I can't wait. You know, I think baseball has had a problem with having games that are borderline unwatchable because they're so slow and there's so much extra stuff that doesn't need to be there, and they really corrected it. I like the lack of shift. I, you're seeing infielders make more athletic plays. I like introducing the running game again. I think that's a key part of baseball. I think it benefits the Pirates as well, but I really, really like the rule changes. How about the upgrades at PNC? What do you think the fans are going to notice when they come to the ballpark next Friday? Well, the first thing they're going to notice is the new scoreboard. It's hard to miss. Um, we were on the field at Great American looking at their scoreboard and sort of comparing it to PNC. And, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, I can't believe that PNC had what it had for as long as it had it. I mean, that was not a major league caliber scoreboard. And, I think fans are really going to notice that. They're going to love it. It's been a long time coming. Uh, but, you know, some of the stuff they've done, I, I, we talked to Travis Williams down in spring training about some of the stuff they did on the concourse level, trying to get people in and out of food lines quicker. I think that's important. Um, just uh, improving the overall experience. So obviously winning baseball is a priority. I would couch anything with that. But, you know, I think fans are going to have a much more pleasant experience and a much, um, what do I say, more efficient process at the ballpark. Well, I guess we'll ask you the big question. We all uh, picked between 70 and 73 wins for the Bucks. What What's your prediction? I'm going a little bit higher than you guys. I'm going with 74 wins. I think they're going to make a pretty good improvement. I think they're probably going to start out pretty strong. I think you're going to see some of the guys they brought in have a positive impact on the club. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain it over time. I think some of those guys are going to get traded. I think some of these guys are not quite ready to play a full season and handle that, and that's okay. And then the second half of the year, I think you're going to see a lot of young guys come up. But I'm going 74 wins. I feel pretty confident in that. 
I know the over-under for them in Vegas is like 68. If it goes under 68, that is certainly not what the Pirates are shooting for, and I think there are going to be a lot of upset people if that happens. All right, Jason. Hey, we really appreciate your time. We know you're a busy guy, and we, we hope that it's a good start to the season. So thanks for coming on. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one. You, you too. too. I'm Lou Jordan, Connect FM News. Here's what's happening. Two Voice Area United Way Executive Director Herm Suplicio has resigned. Associate Director Neil Haynes has been appointed to fill that role. The United Way released a statement that assures they are working through proper channels to protect the integrity of the United Way and its mission in light of allegations against Suplicio. Haynes said the focus of the United Way has always been and will be on the support of and partnership with member agencies. A Clearfield County woman was sentenced to three months to one year in jail, followed by three years probation after pleading guilty to child endangerment charges. According to court documents, 26-year-old April Eddie of Morrisdale has been accused of abusing and neglecting her five children. I'm Lou Jordan, Connect FM News, and for local news anytime, go to connectradio.fm. Welcome to the Hitching Post. What can I get you? The Hitching Post is open seven days a week. The post opens every day at 6.30 and closes on the weekends at 2 a.m. We're still keeping it safe. Wing Night is still every Monday. Live music is back on weekends. Details are on Facebook. Thanks for your continued support and love for The Post. Dine in or get it to go. Our full menu is at thehitchingpost1971.com. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. I've talked more baseball today, guys, than I have in a couple of years, and I had to do a lot of studying, but we're going to shift gears here. It's upon further review. We can take this anywhere we want to go, and last week I was last, so I'm going first this time. Uh, So if you didn't catch the news earlier this week, Lamar Jackson has asked for a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. That has a potential to really change up the division a lot. Now, whether or not the Ravens go through with it is another question, but one team that I've heard rumored to be interested in Jackson is the Indianapolis Colts, and they have not had much luck finding a quarterback since, well, Andrew Luck. So um, here's a question. Do you guys think that the Colts, if you were the Colts and you were the GM, Chris Ballard, put yourself in his shoes, would you trade the number four overall pick for Lamar Jackson's services? Granted, you have to pay the guy, but he's a former NFL MVP. Um, I'm I, I can't. That's not enough information. <laughs> Is that all I have to give up? Because if it's all I have to give up, then I say yes. Well, so he's on the non-exclusive tag, which means that if a team, you know, puts him under contract or if they offer him a contract that he accepts, the team would have to give up two first-round picks. Two. So, ne- but but they could, in theory, negotiate and say, "Hey, we'll give you the number four pick." You you know we get Lamar Jackson back. Would you just do that, or let's just I, let's just go number four for Lamar Jackson? Probably because he's so established. I mean, he is a game changer. I'm not sure. I've never trusted his arm, but the more I look, you know, I shouldn't say his arm. His passing abilities 
compared to some of the elite quarterbacks. But I do wonder if some of that is Baltimore has just done such a horrible job bringing in receiver talent. When's the last time you can think of a, a wide receiver, not a tight end, a wide receiver in Baltimore who was any good at all? Mm-hmm. So that may, if he goes to the Colts, we're going to, we would find that out, right? So if I'm the Colts, that's definitely a chance I would take. They, they, they keep trying these retread quarterbacks and it's not working out. They, they have to take that shot. Um, now, if you're Baltimore, that, that's not a great deal for them. So I, I can't see that they would take one first rounder if they don't have to. I'd, I'd do it in a second. I wouldn't think twice about it. Lamar Jackson's a game-changing quarterback. He's the type of guy – the only issue would be is you'd have to build your offense around him. So, I mean, that knowing that if you were going to bring someone like that in, you'd have to change the entire structure of everything you're currently doing. So, But, yeah, I, I wouldn't hesitate. The NFL, it's the hardest position to play in all of sports. Again, you have – like Dave, you just said, you have a proven commodity, a former MVP. The guy's a winner. I, I wouldn't hesitate. Jonathan Taylor would be a nice start for them uh, with with Lamar and him in the background or in the backfield. That'd be a nice start. I'd do it too. But then on the other hand, the Ravens turn around, get the number four pick. They can take Lamar Jackson's clone, Anthony Richardson, with the number four pick and and maybe strike. You never know if a player is truly somebody else's clone until they get in the league and you see. So. You know, it's always the bird in the hand thing, especially a quarterback. I couldn't agree with D Moore. If you've got somebody you know is good, now not like somebody like Russell Wilson. That deal was horrible because everybody could see Russell Wilson was kind of on the downside and he'd become a little too big for his britches. But Lamar Jackson is being disrespected by Baltimore. I mean, and I know they don't want to do the guaranteed thing, but, you know, those idiots in Cleveland made this problem because they gave Deshaun Watson that deal. And the rest of the league is just going to have to deal with the fallout of that. All right, D. Uh, I know this is going to be Dave's uh, favorite topic, but it is WrestleMania week here. Um, (laughs) Shout out to the living room champs, Lenny Anderson and Mikey Whitesnake uh, for doing the pod as well. Um, Guys, WrestleMania, whether you like it or not, is arguably not actually, there's no argument about it. Um, Just recently, Forbes put out a valuation of the most valuable sports events brands worldwide. Not surprising. The Super Bowl is number one. The Olympics came in at number two, which they're actually bad for cities when you read about what happens after they leave the city. The final four is number three, hence the dollars that they got. CBS got that huge contract. World Cup, I thought, would be more valuable is four. The the NCAA college football playoffs are at five, and they're sitting at $245 million valuation is WrestleMania, Hmm. a single event in the WWE. Right now, it's out in Los Angeles. Next year, it's coming to Philly, by the way. So, Dave, I'll get you tickets. Don't worry if you want them. <laughs> well, I'm just, um, all right, yeah, I'm just, what, what, and, it, and actually, it's almost, uh, almost 40 years the day that WrestleMania had its first one in 1985 here. It's a couple of days from now. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a sports entertainment global brand. It's, it's known worldwide. Does that resonate with you guys in any way at all, good or bad? I just have questions. I have questions. (laughs) Like what? Well, I guess you're comparing it to sports. Maybe where does does theater fit on that? Because it's scripted. So, you know, so is theater. So I just want to, if we're going to compare it to like events, you know, there's big audiences on Broadway. Maybe we should compare it to Broadway. And and, and putting the word sports in there, every sport I know, the outcome is not certain. Well, the one thing that I say about any sort of uh, professional wrestling is these guys are legitimate athletes. When you look at the training that these guys have to put in, and and yes, it is scripted, obviously, uh, which it was great because when back in the day when people were kayfabe, it, shout out to Big Len, he, Lonnie, his kayfabe, uh, they never they wouldn't say straight up. If you remember back in the day, these guys 
it was it was real, right? And now obviously they that's sports entertainment. I just feel that when you look at you know sports in general, sports have become entertainment. I mean, you look at you know athletes with their Twitter and their Instagram and their TikTok and everything. It's a branding type of situation. All these athletes have shoe deals and everything else. I just think WrestleMania and the WWE as a whole is a is something that and again, they talk about it on all the major sports nets, networks as well. Well, I, I'm trying to pick Dave up off the carpet here because he, <laughs> he's fallen over. But I just remember as a kid being so excited for wrestling, you know, Monday Night Raw or whatever. And then you couldn't get the the, the big shows, you know, you had yeah. to get the pay-per-view. My, my parents weren't going to pay for that. Yeah. But then I'd go to the rental, you know, the movie rental place and they'd have it on the shelf, you know, and I'd want to watch Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Um, but I haven't really followed it since. So. You know, I actually read this the other day. <clears throat> the the single most quoted entertainment brands, it was like The Simpsons, The Office, and number three or four, if I if I was WWE. You think about all of the iconic wrestlers that have come through the WWE and all of their catchphrases. I mean, you hear it, it it's part of the vernacular, it's part of everyday talk. Young kids talk about it, you know, older guys talk about it. I, a friend of mine who never watches WWE at all, every single year watches WrestleMania. So it's just I'm I'm really excited about it. I can clearly tell that you guys are as well. So, but no, I just wanted to bring it up because it's it's a big deal in sports. It's a big deal. It's not in sports. Oh no, that's fine. No. That's fine. We'll agree. That's fine. To it's disagree. great. It's entertainment. And and do I agree that they're very athletic and you have to be strong, you have to be agile, and you have to do all those things. Most of them are former actual wrestlers. Yes. Um, you know, so I, I respect for that. You know, I remember I was wrestling when Kurt Angle wrestled for Clarion. Yeah. You know, so I, yes, that's fine. But and and it's people true. can it's people are true. people are welcome to enjoy whatever they are they want to enjoy. I just have a problem with calling it sports, but that's fine. All right, Dave. Well, what do you got cooking? <sighs> He's got me so off my game. <laughs> he, he, you know, I feel like I should be talking about the play I saw last week in Clearfield now because we're not we're so far off sports. But I won't. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, and 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 I'm actually I'm being too nice to D here after what he just did here, but. <laughs> I know how much he loves basketball, and we have to talk a little bit about this wacky NCAA tournament. I mean, even me, and I don't watch very much of it, it's like, you know, Florida Atlantic, and, you know, all the one seeds are gone, and, you know, Texas had to, you know, really work, and... It, what what a tournament. I mean, who could I if you picked this as your final four, you were just throwing darts and got lucky. There's no way anybody could seriously look at this like, yep, that's those are the teams I believe in three or four weeks ago. Um, and I before we get into any more of that, I want to make a shout out for uh, Kansas State. And I don't know if you saw this, but their coach when they just lost, they just lost the most heartbreaking loss you can imagine. You got a chance at the final four and their coach went into the Florida Atlantic locker room and did nothing but praise those guys. And I'll tell you what, I'm a big sportsmanship guy. You know, you fight like crazy while you're in the middle of the, the game, but afterwards, you know, always, you know, win with class, lose with grace. And, and that was fantastic. You know, can you believe Dave, that there were actual goobers on Twitter that were deriding him for doing that oh. and saying it was a pompous act and it was self-serving? Get your head, check your head, buddy. I mean, I read there's a, a get of lost those. for you. There's a hashtag get lost for that. No, but uh, true story, both my son and my daughter, but also my wife who they don't watch 
college basketball. They don't know. All of their brackets absolutely smoked my bracket. <laughs> so I think I know a lot about basketball. Clearly, I don't know how to pick teams in the NCAA tournament. I think I mentioned this to you guys. You know, I, I picked Arizona to win it all, and they were gone the first night. So I'm like, oh, there's mine gone. And, of course, my Zags went out. And so – Yep. Yeah, I just it, none of that worked out. I, I the, the one thing I want to say about the overall uh, tournament is the Big Ten was kind of exposed if you look at it. I mean, they Michigan were. State always seems to be able to outkick their coverage a little bit, no matter how they are in the regular season. They, you know, Izzo seems to have that secret sauce, and they did okay. Everybody else was pretty bad. I thought, you know, Penn, Penn State did good in the first round. That was a tough matchup. I it mean, was. Texas was the real it deal. Was. Penn State got hosed. I know I'm a Penn State homer. I'll admit that on the air from now until they got hosed, though. All right, guys. Well, we got to take a quick break and we'll get back to uh, get lost here. The hour goes so quickly. So stay with us here for one more segment. We're under review sports talk on connect FM. We're doing our annual spring cleaning, and my hubby has boxes and boxes of old baseball cards. Take them to Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles. My dad passed, and he was an avid baseball and football card collector. I have no clue what they're worth. Wolf's Den Sports Cards and Collectibles does. They buy, sell, and trade cards and collectibles and are especially interested in older cards. Bring them in Mondays and Fridays from 5 till 8 or by appointment, 814-771-5618, Main Street, Reynoldsville, and Wolf's Den Sports 21 on Facebook. Honey Glazed Tim and Prime Rib Carving Stations, Baked Haddock Scampi, Stuffed Chicken Breast. The Easter Buffet at Du Bois Country Club is so big, there's no way we can mention everything in 30 seconds. Mac and cheese, maple roasted carrots. What we can tell you is that the Du Bois Country Club's Easter Buffet is Sunday, April 9th from 11 to 3. Adults, $32, $14 under 12 years old. Reservations only by March 29th, 814-661-9960. An assortment of delicious desserts. Lakeside Avenue, Du Bois and DuboisCountryClub.com. You've been working hard, doing the right thing, and paying your taxes, and putting your hard-earned money in the Medicare piggy bank all your life. And now it's time to break the piggy bank and get something back. Medicare. If you didn't know it, Medicare is health insurance for people over 65, and you've paid for it with your tax dollars. Medicare plans now have more benefits than ever. That's good news, especially if you're like me and looking forward to paying as little as possible for good health insurance. Call and find out what Medicare plan is best for you. Save your time. It's valuable. We've already done the research for you. And in one quick phone call, you can learn how to get the best Medicare plan designed exactly for you. Hey, it's one of the most important decisions in your life. Let us help you through it. Here's our number. Call 65 plus Medicare now at 800-884-9325. That's 800-884-9325. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. All right, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors as well. Also, anybody that's interested in sponsoring this show, please contact the station. They'll get you all set up. Now, my, my favorite segment of the show, hashtag get lost. Got a couple of hashtag get lost here from a couple listeners. Hashtag get lost, Dave Mack had said, hashtag get lost, the new Pepsi logo that's coming out on the can. Pepsi is a terrible product. I, I will never drink Pepsi. Hashtag get lost Pepsi. 
I feel like you're trolling me. <laughs> Hashtag get log Pepsi and uh, my, you know, I, I don't, tonight I've learned I don't even have to make get lost before we come on because they'll come up during the show. So my two tonight are hashtag get lost aluminum bats. I think the whole thing's a scam in Little League. Uh, go back to wooden bats and hashtag get lost. WWE is a sport. <laughs> no way. Hashtag get lost Cody Rhodes. The, the tribal chief Roman Reigns is going to smash him at the main event. So hashtag get lost Cody Rhodes. And also hashtag get lost unlimited like passwords. You guys, when you're logging into the streaming services, that's the worst. So hashtag get lost passwords. Get lost Bob Nutting and get lost to the number zero. The NFL just said that that's an okay number to wear. I say get lost to number zero. But we got to get lost, everybody. I hope you're with us next Wednesday. Have a great week. Go Bucks.